Hello, and welcome to the very first Massacast. Uh, if you don't know already, this is an adult-oriented podcast, so please, uh, if you're not old enough, then you should go somewhere else. For those of you who haven't heard, this podcast is basically just conversations with kinky people. I've been going to some of my friends' houses, recording the conversations, and I'll be releasing little segments of these conversations out in podcast form. And yes, yes, they do know that I have a microphone with me, so they're perfectly aware that these conversations are being recorded. Uh, please bear with me for the first few episodes, because I'm still working out the bugs. I almost said kinks, but that would have been cheesy. Uh, so there's some still things to work on, uh, some audio-related issues here and there, but uh, for the most part, it's, it's okay. So just bear with me for the first few episodes. For more information, you can go to masocast.com, masocast.com, and uh, send me an email if you know of anyone else who'd like to sit down and have a conversation, or or if you have any suggestions or ideas, that would be very helpful. This first person I sat down and talked with is a friend of mine uh, who has a website called thegagorder.com. Her name is TGO, and uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. There was one time when I, uh, we were at a party, and I mentioned how I was thinking of doing sperm donation, right? Oh. I figure, hey, I do that for free all the time. Why not get paid for it? And I and I also mentioned how uh, one of the requirements of doing that is that you can't orgasm in between those, you know, your deposits. Yeah. Your eyes got wide, and you were just like, wow, you really liked. You see, it seemed like you really liked the idea of some form of chastity. Is that something you kink on normally, or was that just a reaction to the story of my dismay of not being able to orgasm in between deposits? I, well, I don't remember exactly why. I, 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 I'm, I'm always attracted to the idea of a man being on some sort of voluntary chastity, especially for a good cause. Uh, so it's for charity, <laughs> you know, for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> Well, what what are your big what are your big things? I mean, I know rope. You really like rope. My particular pleasures are bondage, corporal, and edge play. No, edge play is a very wide. It's a big it umbrella. is, and deliberately so. Basically, that just means, for me, edge play is the stuff that I like to do that doesn't fall under bondage or corporal. So I really like electro play. I really like play piercing. I really like golden showers. And that's about what fits into edge play for me. And and I throw a hell of a punch. So <laughs> I, I, I like to have the opportunity to punch somebody. But but edge play for me, I can build an entire scene around bondage or corporal. I can't. I can. But my preference is that any scene that I do is rooted in some sort of bondage and or some sort of corporal. I can spend a couple of hours single-tailing someone easy with pleasure, delight. I do not want to spend a couple of hours punching somebody or trampling them or pissing on them or, 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 or even putting electrics on their, on their penis. Mm -hmm. That's no. But you want me to tie you up for a couple of hours? Mm, yum. <laughs> do you get moods as far as whether or not you're in the – are you in a – I'm in a leather cuff mood or I'm in a rope mood. Do you have moods or is it just you like? Yeah, I have I have moods, definitely. Um, in fact, right now I've, I've been sort of wanting to use my rope. But I love rope 
enough that I really want the person that I do rope bondage with to really be into rope specifically. And if they're not, if they like bondage, but they don't specifically like rope, then I'm probably just going to put them in some sort of leather bondage or metal bondage. So, <clears throat> but I have a few people that I play with who really love rope bondage in particular. And I make my own rope. I, um, I buy raw hemp and it's already in rope form, but it's, but it's not conditioned. And I, so I, really the more accurate thing to say is I condition my own rope and so I buy a spool of raw hemp rope and then I go through a process of soaking and boiling and boiling and soaking and burning and oiling and I try to be very conscious about about that process and really imbue the rope with my energy and so I always say to people that I tie up that it's like I'm holding you. You know, it's, it's, it's as if, it's almost as if my arms are wrapped around you because there is so much intention and so much love and passion for rope. You could just buy the rope. I mean, you do save cash, I know, when you condition it yourself. But um, I know you're busy enough that you don't, you, you don't need one more thing to do. No. Yeah. You you clearly enjoy it because it's a it's quite the process, isn't it? Yeah, it takes it it takes me about three days to condition 150 feet of rope, and and yeah, I enjoy the process. It's not it's not a it's not a bargain thing. It's that I want I want this rope to be me and to embody my energy or enthusiasm or something. I I, I just want it to. I want it to be mine. I don't, I don't really, it's hard to even have the words for it. I just, I just love the process, you know, that every single inch of that rope has run through my hands a lot before it goes around you. And so, yeah, it's just, it's just a hug. <laughs> it's a nice, hempy hug. Uh, you know, there's also another thing I know, well, at least it seems, because I know you've got a lot of pictures of body bags. Hello. Is that, th that falls into the bondage area as well. Absolutely. Um, I don't know, if, is it okay if I, I don't know, if, is it okay if I tell you this story? I'm not, well, of course, we can edit it out if you don't, if you like. Yeah. But you, you, you mentioned to me once how you sometimes fantasize about having, <laughs> about, you, you already know what I'm going to say. I do. do. You want to say it? I do. Okay. So. A lot of people say, oh, well, um, you know, how did you get into this? And, and most, most guys that I talk to who are into BDSM, they have stories from when they were five years old or 12 years old or, or whatever, but they have like these moments in their childhood that they recall that kind of imprinted them for some of their kink. And I really don't like to play that game you know, I can go through my biography for the most part and say, oh, well, when I was four years old, I did this. And when I was six, I did that. And, and you know, whatever. But I can't. 
I'm blushing. <laughs> um, so the story, so I'm really, I'm really eager now. So, so one of my fantasies, and I, and and I'll also say, like, I don't even really fantasize a lot. You know, I'm not somebody. I, I'm, I'm kind of a doer more than a thinker or a dreamer. I'm just a doer, and so. But I. I remember being fascinated by the idea of the conjugal sheets and I don't know where I read about it, but somewhere I read about the conjugal sheet, which is the, the sheet with a hole cut in the crotch area and you put the sheet over your partner and then you just have sex through that hole. And I really liked that idea. And so, and I've always liked it and I've never really been able to it never occurred to me during the course of sex to actually cut a hole in a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the idea so much, but these sheets are so good. I don't want to ruin Well, yeah, it was kind of that. I mean, like, I did like to do the just pull the panties to the side and have sex that way, but that's not the same. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, so when you, when, you, when you do fantasize about this, do you imagine that you've got the sheet over you or that the guy has no, the sheet? No, I imagine that the guy has the sheet over him and there's just this penis sticking out. Right. And, yeah. and It's the anonymous cock that turns you on or? Yeah, yeah, kind of. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's the anonymous cock. It's just, Like, that's probably the hardest scene for me to do and not think about sex is to have someone in a body bag with their cock sticking out. And if it's hard and sticking up, it it takes a lot of self-discipline on my part not to jump on that. Uh, and when you have done it, I'm assuming you've done it. Jumped on it? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is it, as, is it as good as the fantasy? Or does it depend on the cock? <laughs> because you know um huh well to be totally honest it's not as good as the fantasy but that's okay because ultimately well what has happened when I've done that is at some point I do want to feel his arms around me or look into his eyes or have access to some other part of his body or be flipped over and you know and have him take a turn because that kind of it's it's exhausting I don't know how you guys do it um (laughs) a lot of masturbation in my early teens (laughs) so so yeah so there's a there's a whole lot of stuff that you know, after the first 45 seconds or so, make it not as exciting an experience. But those first 45 seconds are awesome. 